Open mark with me, Aaron Thomas. Hello, beautiful specimen, and welcome or welcome back to Leave a Mark, the podcast which aims to share new and different stories or look at old stories with new perspectives and hear from diverse people with different insights into life, big topics or little trivial topics that are weighing on our shoulders. I'd like it to be a place where you feel comfortable to share everything and anything and to educate me and anyone else who listens along. For years while I was struggling, I kind of cut myself off to the world and anything that was really going on around me. I just felt burnt out and and like I couldn't take on anymore. I kind of just froze at a point. Now that I'm reaching my mid-twenties and I'm getting on my feet, I'm really looking at myself and the privileges that I have, me being a white male in this society. I face far less societal pressures than many minorities might face. So I'd like this to be a place for anyone to feel comfortable and to share their story and to know that they're being heard and listened to and hopefully by a few people who join me. This is kind of my space to leave a mark on the world and I want to know what mark you want to leave to. This episode is going to be a bit heavy so it mightn't be suitable for younger ears or or people who are triggered by the topics of self-harm and eating disorders, mental health topics, suicide and sexual assault and yeah it's not going to be too preppy or happy so if you're feeling any sort of way like you need to dip out of this that's perfectly acceptable and I'm proud that you know your boundaries of what is going to affect you. So in this episode, I'll be delving into a bit more of the nitty gritty and depressing details of my childhood, teenage years up until now, and what led me to being in a toxic relationship with a man 16 years my senior. So I'll be delving into my childhood, teenage relationships, grief throughout the years, loss of family members, and the separation of my mom and dad, so the splitting up of my family and issues of sexual assault and bad relationships. Ooh, cold. We're in nature again, obviously. Enjoy. So from an early age, very young, I always remember feeling some sort of anxiety and overthinking about dark, heavy stuff. From a young age, I remember sitting in my bedroom and counting down the years that my mum and dad might have left and just early signs looking back now that I was anxious and overthinking stuff that didn't need to be thought about. I'd be hypersensitive to people's emotions and my mom and dad would be exhausted by the end of the day with the 45 times I said I love you an hour. This really kicked up in 2004 when my granddad passed away. I was only seven but I have such distinct memories and remember being so close to him. The most blissful, happy memories I have were him sitting in his wheelchair or on the bench at my nanny's watching me balance on rocks and walk up and down and taking him to beaches then when he was more unwell and he was just in the wheelchair. And yeah, my weekends were just kind of full of cousins and playing with cousins, but at that age, my most fond memories were of him oh no there goes my notes on kind of doing inner work and 
and trying to process things I've kind of written letters out to people when I first got this journal I wrote down a few names of people that I want to process things and work out including my nanny and granddad and uncle who have passed away and friends family members and unhealthy relationships and so I'll just read the little note that I kind of wrote to my granddad so far um, dear granddad the man who's given me the sweetest simplest memories the man who's probably made me cry the most on this earth seven years is all we had so how did you make such an impact on me and I think I feel this way probably because it's the same way we feel about just friendships and relationships that don't go the distance are cut off early we don't get a chance to see any negatives or have any tarnished memories so one day my mom pulls me out of school early and gets me a McDonald's and tells me that my granddad is gone my granddad is dead I choked on the chips by the way just didn't make sense to me that he was there one day we were doing stuff and then he was gone it felt like some sort of abandonment that I didn't know how to process and I didn't know what the funeral was I didn't see him in the coffin so he was just somewhere he just all I knew was he wasn't with me and I wasn't spending time with him anymore I think that definitely amped up my anxieties and made me a lot more aware that anybody could be gone at any moment I'd get a lot of fear when I had to leave my family at any point and go to school I began to have panic attacks and I was diagnosed with asthma because at the time I was just short of breath and they weren't understanding. And, but I think looking back now, it's safe to say I was anxious. I was having anxiety attacks at the age of 10, 11 for fear of leaving my little brother, my family, because I don't know, I could come home and they could be gone. So I'm constantly doing a kind of chicken and egg, which happened first. Was I anxious or did life happen? Was I just destined to have these sort of issues and overcome some problems? Coming into my early teenage years, 11, 12, 13, I really started to battle with my self-image and the control over my weight and my appearance and my body in general. I don't know where I got the urge from or when it first happened but soon enough I was making myself sick and looking back now I can say maybe it was control it was picking and choosing what I was keeping in my body and my system yeah it really developed and took a hold over me researching calories and what I was going to allow myself for that day which more times than not the aim was 500 or less it was getting a bit scary for a while it was also probably when I was at my most heaviest. I think my body was just retaining everything and I had no nutrients really to survive on. And it probably affected me in all sorts of life, in school, work, concentration, everything. But it felt like a release. At least I had some sort of control over emotions and the physical acts that were happening in my body, as opposed to the unwanted anxiety attacks and constant panicking. And this was at 11, like I look back at photos of me at 11 and I just want to squeeze that little kid now that I've been through some things, that I have a bit of self-love for myself. Just at that age, you shouldn't have to worry so much. Doing led to 
self harm issues and starting out with little nicks and cuts and slowly developing over time to to where I was leaving lifelong scars on my body that I'll have forever now. And hand in hand with suicidal idealizations. And I think I've been looked past so frequently because one, I didn't know how to vocalize or have the vocabulary to process what was going on in my mind. But two, I knew I could never do it in my lowest times where I had a plan and really contemplating it. The thing that really hold, held me back was my little brother um, and my dog. Of course, my mom and dad, I have so much love for them, but they have their own backs. But my one major thought that stopped me from ever doing anything drastic was my brother. The look on my brother's face, if, if he had to find out what his brother had done, that his brother was gone, or the lifelong effects that that would have on him. He just has to live and breathe, and he's my baby brother, so I'll always be here for him. And that was a battle in itself then, because the reason I wasn't going was because was for someone else. So it didn't give me much peace, but it concreted my decision that I wasn't going anywhere. I'm going to try to go through my little family problems as briefly as possible, just as I've mentioned previously, for perspectives. People have completely different perspectives on situations and what have happened, and I want to respect everyone's stories and narratives on what has happened in their life. But for me personally, the next few years, the family dynamic really changed drastically, and it went from two parents who were really had their shit together and were looking after us looking after us too much sometimes kind of started to have their own shit going on and me and my little brother kind of had to pick up the pieces so my mom had a real bad health scare where she had a brain hemorrhage which is just which can just be completely random and she's so lucky she's here this left her bedridden and not feeling so lucky she felt guilt that she didn't feel so grateful for her life and bouncing around the place but I understand where she's coming from she had her life but she felt some sort of depression slip in and she just had to battle that which I understand now what she was going through but for me and my brother life went on and my dad was out at work at six seven o'clock so a lot of the time we had to keep our routine going and make sure we got out to school on time had something to eat when we got in silly little things that have made us the people that we are today we know how to look after ourselves but at the same time I feel like it burnt me out in a way because we all had to just take on a bit of responsibility and that happens that's part of life we don't no one's to fault for that then a few years later kind of when I was about 15 16 my parents really started to go separate ways me and my brother didn't even put two and two together as to what was going on but eventually everything just came to the surface that there was so many fights and me and my brother being dragged into really nasty things and toxic environments that they had to accept it and it and it took some time and 
this broke down a few relationships along the way. My relationship with my dad kind of broke down for a while, but we're on the best terms now. I'm so delighted. We're working together and spend so much time together, unfortunately, but we've mended everything that has happened and we know we have so much love for each other that we'll never get rid of those memories of things that have happened but it's part of the bond now I guess that has brought us all together. For a while it was nasty and they were oversharing things with kids who didn't need to know all the ins and outs and yeah divorce just kind of burns you out a little bit. So as the self-harm and issues really kicked up a notch my family did eventually notice the things that I was doing the things that I was taking out on my body and I was eventually in and out of counseling a lot of the time and therapy which helped in a way made me realize tired thoughts lead to dark thoughts when you're getting by on two hours sleep and you have no food in your system your thoughts are going to be negative and dark and you're not going to be able to see any sort of light with all these issues I began to slip more in school I was always kind of average which was a dangerous place because I looked around and the kids who had the worst grades were getting the most attention and the kids who had the top grades were getting all the praise and love and I was just kind of coasting by kind of being forgotten about so I really switched off and began to not care about school and dip out of school when I could and that's only really when school begins to pay attention and get you into the office and stuff like that. I tried college because growing up I've always dreamed of just getting into counselling or social work or something just any avenue where I could help someone and talk it out with people. But my grades weren't good enough to go straight into a proper college course. So I did what's called a PLC, a post-leaving cert, where it was a one-year course that could get me onto something else. But in that time, I just, I just felt so overwhelmed and burnt out from the years I had had that I dropped out. And I think that if I got into a career where I was helping people day in and day out, and that was my paycheck, that it would take away from what I love. I genuinely love helping people or just talking to people about deep problems. And, and if it was to come and if it was to fit into work hours and taxes, it would negate from the passion. Now I'm in construction, which is something I never thought I'd be into. I'm doing stuff with my dad and loving it. I'm absolutely loving being outdoors and doing physical activity and, and like you've done something with your day and I'm enjoying this so far. I'm enjoying putting my narrative out there and talking about issues that I face. As a teenager, I was in cutesy little relationships from early on with girls, which developed deeper and deeper over the years and experienced real emotions and feelings with. But then the boy showed up. The boy who shocked me to the core about how I could feel about a guy because I was denying for so long that I had this attraction to the same sex and that I could ever be in a relationship with a guy. But it was a confusing time with my life where I was one minute chilling with a new friend and the next minute looking at him like, we could be good together and oh shit, now I'm in love. And you're powerless to that no matter how much you rationalise in your head. This boy does not feel the same about you, he does not like your gender, never mind you.
your sensible reasonable thoughts get overshadowed by little sparks and complete infatuation at that age for everyone's sake you have to kind of back away and shut yourself down a little bit because the little heartbreaks or constantly hoping and knowing how amazing it could be but will probably never happen that is obviously heightened by teenage emotions but it left a mark of never being good enough for someone you admire and knowing that there's nothing you can ever do about it on to me exploring a little bit more unfortunately the first guy that i connected to when i was about 17 through the wholesome grinder he was about five years older and he was back from working abroad and we had secret little meetups and drives to the park and we'd go out for meals and this went on for a few weeks and it was about the time when i was completely enamored by him that he decided to drop in that he was leaving in two days okay cue the early 2000s montage of a breakup it was a complete kick to the gut i think this is the point where i started to shut off emotionally in relationships anyway kind of self-preserve myself which might be just a way of sugarcoating my hoe phase. I was not out of the closet yet, so it all kind of felt a bit secret and that was exciting at first, but it eventually began to feel just seedy and dangerous. I can realize now that it was unsafe and I was unaware of the risks in meeting up with older men and I was unaware of the risks involved in gay sex. It wasn't really openly discussed or talked about in my country or I didn't really have any role models with that expertise. While it was fun for a while, I began to feel used. And it led up to the night where things just broke me. I'd like to preface saying that there are good men out there seeking friendship and human connection, but one night in 2018 i chose the wrong one at the wrong time i had been drinking at a friend's house and he had been drinking somewhere at a pub i met him on the app grinder and as i had been exploring before and met people purely for friendship sometimes too i i felt like i could judge character kind of i explained myself that we could go for a walk I didn't want the night to end it was a good night and we could chat and if a bit of light fun happened great but I made clear what was not going to happen without being too graphic or going into all the details I wasn't listened to I was misused and humiliated I thought I was so anxious depressed lost as a child but what I do to go back and protect boy man before that night because that night some level of innocence was stripped away from me that i won't be able to get back i struggle with terms such as assaulted and raped because there are people walking down the street or safe in their homes who are viciously attacked and i put myself in this position i left my house i went out to this man which is what shamed me into shutting up for two years. 
not acknowledging it, just putting it down to a bad situation and that I had somehow done this to myself. But he did this to me. He took the innocence. He humiliated me. He didn't listen to no. So I kind of blocked it out for years and just put it down to the bad situation. And I came out about two months later, which kind of felt like a weight off my shoulders. And like, okay, now it can be me now. But I didn't know who me was. Me had been stripped away. So in the aftermath, I kind of seeked deeper and real emotional connections when, when I was seeing guys. And I was seeing a lovely guy who was about my age and my family liked him a lot. For some reason, I got with the toxic guy who was 16 years old. The red flags were there. I just ran right through them. He was showing up at my job every time to walk me home and and getting me gifts nearly every time we met up. He was smothering me with affection and compliments. He was the person who taught me about gay life and the dangers that are out there and things that I need to protect myself from. But he also forbid me from having any sort of gay friends or being involved in the community because they were all looking for one thing. And eventually he put a divide in between me and a lot of my friends and my family. He also took on my biggest vulnerabilities. He took on my darkest thoughts and told me that he'd keep me safe and help me throughout the years. And he crushed them. He completely used them against me. He'd pick apart my weight. He'd judge my appearance. He'd look right through me some days like I didn't exist. But he had a lot of issues. He was going through a lot himself that I learned. He was abused from a young age and was still going through that at the age of 36 so I had a lot of sympathy for him and hung along to try to help him in sort of in some sort of way and little side story which is probably a full story in itself we moved to Atlone which is the kind of middle of the country a very different life than growing up in Dublin all your life and my mom bought a boat and we lived on that for a while me, my brother, my mom, and this man. This was such an isolating time where I only had him. My mom and brother were going to school and work the whole time, and I just completely ran into his madness, and he dragged me down to a level where I was angry at the world for everything I had gone through, everything he had gone through. And it eventually caused such a divide that I packed up my bags and left my mum and brother, which is something I'm so ashamed of. Nothing had ever put such a split in us like that before. So for it to be him, I'm infuriated when I look back. But not knowing myself and having recently been assaulted, I just ran into the madness. I went and I lived with him and being 24-7 in his pocket in his pocket left me powerless to my own emotions, my own feelings. I was just his little servant there to help him, it felt like.
This was such an isolating time for me because I was just in his pocket. He had me in the palm of his hand and I was going through so much in my head that he just, I was going through so much in my head that he just shrugged off and acted like it didn't matter. His problems were the priority and that was it. In a kind of full circle moment, which led me to a breakdown is leading back to losing family members towards me kind of awakening in the toxicity treatment that I was getting off the boyfriend at the time. My uncle unfortunately passed of some rare cancer and so we had a bit of time with him, grieving him and that was tough but he was a comedian and an amazing man right up until the end. He gave us advice and told us jokes right up until the last day we saw him. It was really hard for my nanny, who had to bury her son and had to see her son die. He passed away in December 2019, and then we got one last Christmas with my nanny. She hung on around and had an amazing Christmas day with us. And I seen her New Year's Eve, and then she passed away New Year's Day 2020 great start to that year. While I was grieving for these relatives who completely ripped my heart out when they died, I was still being shot on by this stupid man that I was still hanging around with. And as soon as COVID lockdown hit the first one, I ran. I ran to my family and it was the best decision I made. Being back with the ones I love and the ones who love me but it didn't stop him for a long time. For a long time, he'd show up at the house and creep us all out and send letters in the door, send emails when I blocked him on everything else. And yeah, haunted me for a long time, which made me feel so uneasy. But I threw myself into a, re- but I threw myself into a retail job at the time and tried to get back on my feet, tried to try to just get on with life as life keeps going no matter what you're going through but because I wasn't dealing with the problems really head on they bottled up inside of me and I just felt overwhelmed my my memory was getting really bad I was having more night terrors I was starting to relapse on issues that I really didn't want to relapse on I went to my doctor and he was the first person that I confided in that I had been assaulted and he sent me on my merry way on this long journey that's going to take a lot of time to acknowledge what has happened and process it more and more. I've been let down by a lot of systems in this country. The systems that you hear broadcast on the news and the television, that these are the ones you turn to when you're in need. A lot of them have shrugged me off because I'm not on the brink of no return. Everyone that I was ringing up asking for help was saying, well, do you have a suicide plan? Do you have a suicide plan? We realize that we're suffering and that we're going through something and we don't want it to get to the point of no return. But yeah, that's a rant for another day of the systems that have let me down. But that's why it's so important to support the things that do make a difference. I found that a random charity that I found victim assistance gave me the most help and the most confidence in myself to 
try and get myself on my feet again. Women's aid and all the important safe centres for people in need. We need to try give the funds to the organisations that are actually doing the help. For me, I was really broke at the time and low budget therapy was something I went to and something I tried and it was amazing for me. It was a lovely woman who was being trained in in the centre she was in and she listened. Sometimes there's no advice. Sometimes we think that people are going to say a magical sentence and it's going to cure us, but she just listened and was there for me to air out my stuff and a lot of things I wasn't ready to get into yet. Um, but it was just nice to have a place where I was heard. I felt like for a long time I had been the confidant for my family and my friends that people had kind of forgot about me and didn't really listen to me when I was speaking, which pissed me off for a while. And I eventually just had to realize that I had to look after my own issues and not hold resentment for people because they can't help you sometimes. But you don't know what's gonna be behind the most unexpected door. So try everything. And when you can, try reach out with any problems that you're facing, anything that's weighing on your shoulders. The biggest thing that I learned to do for myself, which sometimes people do too much of, was be selfish. For so long, I had just worried about everyone else's thoughts and that I lost myself. And the therapist taught me that it's healthy to be selfish. It's healthy to set up our own boundaries and know when enough is enough. This whole leave a mark concept has come from being selfish and sitting with my thoughts and, and feeling a little bit better in myself that I want to try pass that on to anybody that I could. If it helps one person, if one person in my, in my oversharing stories helps, that's brilliant. I think that's all for today. I hope things weren't too depressing. It's... This is all just part of me and my narrative and my perspective on life and where I'm coming from. So it's something that as I'm writing it and as I'm saying it, it's the first time that I'm kind of really processing it. So if sometimes it's a rant on a ramble and it feels like it, it's just depressing, I apologize, but it's part of life and and now that I've gotten through all this kind of nitty-gritty stuff, I'd love to hand it over to other people. I'm really looking forward to interviewing people and hearing about their lives and their stories. So I don't know if I'm going to fit in another episode before New Year's and my nanny's anniversary. So if I don't, I love you all. Have a nice and safe New Year's and I'll come at you with something new soon. Follow at underscore leave dot a dot mark underscore on instagram for any updates and to reach out to me to suggest topics or have a discussion bye love you all